welcome back to Common Fan Commentary. I'm your host, Adam. I'm joined by my friend here, Ronnie. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm glad to be back for another week. And today we are branching out from just soccer. We are talking about all sports today since we just had the conclusion of their continental competition. Bayern Munich and Sevilla both winning those. And we're here to talk about pretty much all sports. Not only soccer, but football, baseball, hockey. And we're excited to talk about more than just soccer today. Heading into the halfway point of the Major League Baseball season. Halfway through the season, through the first month of the season, we've seen a record amount of pitchers on the injured list. We had 43 in 2018, 51 pitchers in 2019, 98 this year, and that doesn't include COVID-related cases. And they've only played 30 games. What, what do you think of this, Adam? Baseball is definitely a sport of routine. Every workout you do, especially pitchers, they're the most finicky when it comes to if my routine gets rattled, they don't pitch well. Especially when you have such a long break in between spring training and then the reboot of the shortened season. It really threw a lot of players off in terms of keeping themselves healthy. Every action they do has that risk of something going wrong in their there's just so many moving parts to a shoulder, elbow, releasing a baseball headed towards home plate. You're putting a lot of torque on a lot of different muscles. And if it's not finely tuned enough and you get out of that rhythm of I work out, I pitch every fifth day, rinse, repeat, and you've been doing that for 15 years, and then all of a sudden take a month break. Oh, you're at home now. Do I throw bullpens at home? Like I don't have a catcher here. I have to figure out how I'm supposed to throw now. Here's the season. Here we go. And then you're just supposed to be right back to form. It's like, no. That's why in soccer, they did the five sub rule, right? To prevent the amount of injuries that they're anticipating. Baseball just tried to return to normal all of a sudden. It's no surprise that we have double the amount of pitchers on the injured list, right? Because, yeah, I'm going to throw my elbow out because I've had I've been on this routine since I've been in the big leagues. You're going to stop me for a month and then try to throw me back out there? Like, it doesn't work that way. Pitchers definitely hurt the most with this shortened season because of how, how closely they need to keep that routine. I'm not surprised by this stat. It's insane that almost 100 people are on the injured list right now. Because that was already a growing concern with the increased velocity and spin rates of baseballs coming out of your hand. That's putting a lot of torque on your elbows, so a lot more people are tearing their UCL and having to get Tommy John surgery. So I'm not surprised by this. It's insane to think about how these guys were expected to just jump back into it. It's just a shame. It could have been handled better. 98 of these pitchers, probably a good portion of them, are all-stars and people you pay money to see it decreases the amount of talent that's on the field and that's bad for baseball especially at a time where it's a, it's decreasing in popularity it must be really tough coming into a shortened season first of all and being expected as a pitcher well really any player and essentially have a mid-season form right mm-hmm. <laughs> you're expected to come in pitch 90 to 100 pitches it sounds rough it sounds like a lot of just wear and tear that's going to happen really quickly ending up in all these injuries right thinking about it when i think of baseball players i don't really think of the super jacked which some of them are don't get me wrong some of them are jacked and super in shape so i can't imagine what they were doing in their quote-unquote off-season uh covid break okay i used to be a pitcher i take offense to that but (laughs) Sorry, man. Didn't know that. <laughs> Watch your audience. With pitchers, you don't have to look like you're the most in shape, but like the strongest muscles in a pitchers are the ones you can't see. It's like a lot of internal things that you can't see in an arm. 
So yeah, they're not the most shredded people on the planet because they obviously they don't run as much as other sports, <laughs> obviously. But it, it's a lot of mechanical things going on in major league pitchers. That's why you see so many like tall, lanky dudes um, who are able to dump, throw the ball so hard is because they have. The shortened season really just kind of screwed all pitchers in general. This would be a nice time to be a pitching prospect, I got to say, because all the people in front of you are going to blow out their arms. You might get the call-up this year. It's it's still a shame. I mean, you never wish, you know, a bad injury on someone, but for those pitching prospects, when an opportunity opens, you, you got to take it. So I totally understand and feel that. Also, I don't know if you heard this, as a Rangers fan, Fernando Tatis hit a grand slam on a 3-0 count. So three balls, zero strikes, bases loaded. And the Rangers, after the game, the manager came out, said that he was upset with him and that it's just like a a sign of disrespect almost. What do you think of these quote-unquote unwritten rules that he mentioned and the whole situation of him just hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 pitch? They were up a ton, right? They're, They're killing the Rangers. The Rangers are just getting blown out. And then Fernando Tatis gets a good pitch on a 3-0 count, blast it for a grand slam. And if you're telling me to stop playing, you need to pick a different sport. The main difference between baseball and almost any other sport in the world is there's no timer. That means the game doesn't stop until the last out is recorded. So if you're telling me that I need to take a strike in order to lessen the defeat you're feeling right now, I'm not going to do that. Honestly, if it's 3-0 count, and I'm up big, I might swing at it because it doesn't matter if I take a walk or not. The whole unwritten rules business, there is no unwritten rule that says you need to take a break from killing us. No. If you're going to throw a fastball right down the pipe on a 3-0 count, I'm going to smack it 450 to left field. It, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He shouldn't have swung. It was a That's rude for you to hit a grand slam on me. It's like, well, don't throw a fat pitch down the middle then. Ridiculous. I've been a Texas Rangers fan since I was a kid. And when I saw this whole article and the day this happened, I was just kind of really surprised and confused at the fact that, to me, it it reminded me as if, you know, like a a little kid's team is upset because you ran up the score. Like one team ran up the score on the other little kid's team. I'm like, y'all are grown men, professional grown men in your sport. Yeah, I get you guys are getting your butts whooped, but you should have not let that happen in the first place. These unwritten rules, I'm like, what? Where are these unwritten rules coming from? Like, I'm trying to think of it in soccer terms right in my head. Like, yes, of course you have your, you know, don't slide with your cleats up because that's just like you're just going to hurt someone. Like, that's kind of an unwritten rule. But you do that, you're going to get a foul, right? Like, that's wrong. So I don't really know why they were so upset at Fernando Tatis for doing this just seemed like they're just more butthurt than anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they're just and trying the to be upset about it. the next pitcher threw behind the head of the next batter. And it's like, when someone hits a home run off you, right, and you're not happy about that, for whatever reason, if he did a bat flip and disrespected you or some, something or another, the typical convention is if you were not happy with that, you throw a fastball right at the guy's butt. And you hit him in the butt, no harm, no foul. You're not injuring a guy. You're not trying to scare him. You're just saying, hey, didn't like that. And then... Both teams get warned. Fair enough. That's kind of the typical convention if you don't like something. But throwing behind the head is not okay. A 95-mile-an-hour fastball, if that connects with your head, that's just dangerous and putting someone at risk. And you just gave up a grand slam, and you're down by 10 now, and so you're going to throw behind him because you threw a bad pitch? Really? That's the also the dumb thing about unwritten rules is and maybe if they're not <laughs> yeah. written down, 
there's a reason for that. Really small man energy from the Texas Rangers. I think it's it's silly. Just take your loss, take your L, move on. You can be upset. I don't know why they went so far above and beyond on this and why they were so upset about it. I don't see it. I don't. I disagree with it, even though I'm a Rangers fan. Like, I don't. It makes no sense to me. So now, because of the condensed season, the 60 game season, they've expanded the playoff format. So this year, we'll be seeing teams that are below 500. Which below 500, if you're not aware, is a winning record. They have. They basically have more losses than they do wins. Below 500 teams will be making it into the playoffs. Is this a good thing for the MLB because of the condensed season, or do you think it's a bad thing? The typical format for playoffs is you win. You have your division winners. You have six divisions total, three divisions in each league. So American League, National League, each have three divisions. This year, they decided to make it eight teams per league. Which So you're telling me that a majority of teams are going to the playoffs. In what sense does that make? In any sporting sense, what does that make? that over half the teams in my league are deserving of going to the next round of the playoffs. That, that makes no sense to me. You're basically rewarding teams that are extremely mediocre all season. Why would you have a team that lost more games than they won into the next round and potential winners of the World Series? Why would you do something like that? It's not good for the league. I'm sure it's good for fan bases because they get to see their teams play more games. I don't think it's a good thing in terms of competition. What if a losing team wins the World Series? Well, that's dumb because they should they should have won more games than they lost to be considered champions of anything. I'm just a firm believer that you don't reward teams that are not doing well. You need to win in the regular season to make it into the to the playoffs. I think that's just the most simple, basic. Yeah, best formula for really any sport, unless there's like a tie on points, I guess, like in soccer and you look at goals and stuff. But I feel like if they would have tried this, it should have just been like in a regular season, not like a condensed season. No, I get it. This is a circumstance that I don't think anybody saw coming a year ago. I just don't know why they would, why they would do it now. I think it's just for more games. That means more money. With the NBA playoffs well underway, we've seen an interesting dynamic that the bubble has created around the league. I think having everyone in Orlando is funny. It's, it's like a little bit of like Big Brother NBA edition. So NBA playoffs well underway. Who are your picks for the final? After watching some of the series and teams are bouncing back in the bubble, my two picks, the Eastern Conference, I do really think it's going to be the Celtics. They swept... Their first round, they're kind of on fire right now. Jason Tatum's been playing really well. They have really good, just like a team dynamic. And for you to sweep the Philadelphia Sixers was a little bit of a shock to me because they are not a bad team. Last year, they took Toronto, I think, to a game seven. So I think Celtics could be the team that could upset the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm going to have to go with the Boston Celtics. Western Conference, even though I'm all about hopefully no one from Los Angeles, I just think the Lakers are way too dominant. They're too good. Their best players are healthy. So I just think that train is not going to stop. And we're going to have basically a classic NBA final, Lakers, Celtics. And Lakers are going to win, and they're going to dedicate it to Kobe. It has been nice this season seeing 
different teams rise to the top. The rise of Giannis as a superstar and a lot of key free agents move to different teams. Day one preseason, I said Bucks, Lakers, finals, calling it. Lakers over Bucks. Probably just going to stick with that. Uh, they're the strongest two teams in the league. And it's really, really hard to stop playoff LeBron. The only way I see that stopping is if Giannis pulls something of his own. It will speak a lot to Giannis's legacy. Looking from years on, I think this this playoffs is either going to be a stepping stone for Giannis as a playoff contender for years to come, or he's just going to be another one of those guys in the books. This playoffs is going to say a lot just for Giannis. So given that it's kind of a weird year, it's the bubble year, do we respect the bubble title as much as a normal title? You still have the same level of competition. You might might have the strain, right, of the home and away traveling taking effect, which you can't say this year for, you know, a team that gets beat in a quote-unquote away game. That's really the only thing I see that people would really argue or use as the reason why a team loses if it was a regular season a regular playoff situation the competition is there like these are the best eight teams of each conference and they're playing other than the celtics sweeping the sixers most teams and series are not four and ones they're not four and o's they're usually three two or end up four two game sevens i think the competition is really high and i don't think it takes anything away of them being in the bubble. If anything, they're probably all just ready to play. You know, they go from hotel to arena and they're they're game mode, you know? I wouldn't take anything away from these players. If they had a shortened season, I might have come up with a different argument, but it's really hard to say now that whoever wins the title this year doesn't deserve it. Whoever wins still deserves it. From one bubble to basically another bubble, yet different sport. We have the NHL playoffs going on right now. Who do you have in your Stanley Cup Finals NHL bubble version? Who do you got? When I was watching the play-in rounds, there were a lot of surprise teams that I saw. Like Vegas kind of had a resurgence of, I thought they were a very mediocre team if the playoffs went on without stoppage. Ever since they moved the playoffs to Toronto and Edmonton, home ice is a huge thing in hockey, right? That stadium is rocking anytime you have a big hit, there's an insane pass, a great shot on goal. Having that neutral site is kind of the equalizer, is you play every game on neutral turf, so there is no home ice bias. Regular season really didn't matter. As long as you made the playoffs, you're set. Beginning of the season, if you asked me who was going to the finals, I would have said the Bruins. When teams started replaying again, once that restart happened, a lot of teams fell off the table that I didn't think would, like the Blues. With hockey, it's so momentum-based. Every team that has a streak has a chance of winning the title, and that's why I love Stanley Cup playoffs. You don't know who's going to win. It could be the 8 seed this year. After the playing rounds happen, I'm going with the hottest team. My pick for the final has got to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. I feel like this is the year they break their curse. they got elite goaltending in Vasilevsky. Uh, they have Stamkos, Kucherov, too much star power on their team. They were kind of the meme team of winning the President's Cup and then getting swept by the Blue Jackets last year. I feel like they're just going to rebound and finally make it this year. You know, I'm a I'm a Dallas fan through and through, Texas fan, so I have to go with the Stars. They're, you know, they've made a splash in the season. They're one game away from taking that series as well and moving on. So I'm going to have to go with the Dallas Stars, man. With the new NFL season coming up, there is one team that has changed names. Washington football team. 
remove their former name because they felt like it was not racially sensitive. So I thought it'd be fun if we picked a new team name for, for Washington's football team. I couldn't really come up with anything too good at first. So I, I did some, just a simple Google search of what Washington DC is known for came up with are either like the Washington Memorials, which <laughs> sounds really corny right now that I said it, oh, but it could work. I don't know. Just And then my other one, my third one that I came up with was like the Washington Union. I don't know. It seems kind of like modern and kind of a new take on something. Like I don't know what their logo would be though. I really don't know. Maybe like a, a train. At one point I was thinking the Washington Fighters and I was like, no, because you have New York Jets. I was thinking of a name that would kind of still give homage to the American Indian heritage that they tried to give the team. And then also one for the troops. Um, so the, like the Washington Warriors. I just see them coming out some press conference, you know, one day and just being like, all right, we've decided on a name. And everyone's like, all right, what's it going to be? And it's just going to be like the Washington Wombats. Like it's just <laughs> something no one is expecting. And everyone's just going to look around and be like, is this, are we serious right now? Like, no, this is really what you're going with? This is your big rebrand? So their colors are red and yellow, right? Okay, so what do you see every day that's red, yellow, and then also green? Traffic. And that's what DC is known for. Washington traffic. It's perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> they should just really be the Washington politicians. Hey, honestly? Just... Yeah, I'd want to see the politicians versus some bears. <laughs> So the summer of crazy news, Lionel Messi planning on leaving Barcelona. We talked about this in our first episode, and we both said that this was a ridiculous claim. He would always have ties with Barcelona. What do you know? A couple months pass, and we're wrong. Who can afford Messi is the question, because this man gets paid a lot, a lot of money. And scooping him up would break a lot of financial fair play regulations for a middle-of-the-road team. So pretty much only the largest teams with the biggest wallets in Europe can afford him. So destinations, potentially Manchester City, PSG, Real Madrid. Those are the only guys who can afford him, but who's the most realistic? He really wants to play for Pep Guardiola again. So Manchester City seems to be the premium bidder. They seem to be ready to jump on it. So Ronnie, what do you make of the news of Messi leaving? Initially, it kind of broke my spirits a little bit more. You know, following the 8-2 dismantling that at the hands of Bayern Munich, it's, it was like rubbing salt in the wound a little bit. After just some thoughts and having the not only just going from a rumor, but to actual like what potentially could happen, Man City putting out their potential bid, other teams' interest, it hurts, but you accept that, all right, well, it's probably going to happen. More than likely, it's going to happen now. Taking it as it comes, I hate to think, of Messi in another jersey because he's been with Barcelona since he was like 12, 13 at the academy. So it is what it is. But if they can get a good deal, not just money, but they can invest all the money they get, maybe a few players, I can't be that upset. It's just going to take a while to see Barcelona and not have Messi in one of their jerseys. Again, it's big business. It happens. This is probably as bigger than the Ronaldo move to Real Madrid just because Messi's been at Barcelona his entire life. But it's definitely up there where every little thing that comes out, people are like waiting by the door just to hear any little rumor, any little confirmation. I'm a little upset, but at the end of the day, he's not completely quitting football. You'll definitely still see him. So you get to enjoy his amazing skills and bless us with all that. It's just going to be weird not seeing him in a Barcelona jersey. 
But do you believe that this time he is legit? I'm going no matter what. Because there have been tons of reports every time they get knocked out of any competition early that he's unsettled. With him putting out that letter with his agents about wanting to leave and go to another club, it looks like he's taking the initiative to really say, all right, I'm done. It's not just like I'm upset and I'm going to quit like he did with Argentina and then he ended up coming back. It seems like he is serious about it to the point where he went to Barcelona and said, I want out. He's pretty serious about the move or at least the option of leaving. So if there's any time where this happens again, the situation where oh, Messi's leaving Barcelona, I think this is definitely the one that has the highest possibility of occurring. He even consulted with Barcelona's lawyers to see how he can break his, his contract. They advised him on how to get out of his current contract. And then Barcelona did it like that, so they fired their own lawyers for consulting with Messi. I feel like this is the panic time, hit the button, DEFCON 1 for Barcelona. But I honestly think this is good for the club, oddly enough. He doesn't want to be there anymore. If he's going to leave eventually, then and he's that unhappy and he's going to leave regardless, might as well get something for him, right? Might as well get a player, mate, get some money. They can bounce back from this. I believe they can't if they go about this intelligently. Reports have shown that Man City was willing to offer $118 million. Not just that, but on top of the, their prospect striker, Gabriel Jesus, who we saw in Champions League, who scored a couple goals when Sergio Aguero was out. Bernardo Silva, one of their key midfielder wingers. And defender Eric Garcia, who wants to return back home to Barca. So would you see this as a win for Barcelona, Ronnie, if that deal happened? Definitely. With the amount of money they're getting, they can invest back into the club, pick up some other transfers with the money they receive, and you have three young players that can make an impact on the field the moment they come in. I don't see these three players being loaned off to Everton or somewhere in Italy. I see these players coming in and potentially getting a spot to play on the starting lineup for Barcelona, especially under the new manager, Ronald Koeman, who wants to shake things up. You know, he wants Suarez out. He was okay with Messi leaving. So it really just kind of opens the door for these young players to get serious playing time and develop at a top-tier international club, right? Everybody knows Barcelona. Now, you might not have the Barcelona with Messi, but I do believe it's going to be a good thing if they can get a pretty big investment out of just one player, right? Yes, that one player is messy, but Ronald Koeman wants to shake things up, and I think getting all this for Messi alone could be a good jumping point for what the future holds for the new Barcelona, right? The post-Messi Barcelona, full of young talent. I kind of am okay with the deal. Josep Bartomeu, Barcelona's president and responsible for football operations, he has gone on record to say if he could keep Messi at Barcelona, he would quit his job. He would resign. And some have rumored to say that this is all Messi's ploy to get him to resign. Do you see that happening, Ronnie? I didn't know you could have a coup d'etat. Is that the phrase? <laughs> I didn't know that could happen in soccer. But I do know that Messi has always had issues with the managing of the club itself, not just like the coaches. Because you do have a name like Messi, right? You have that talent. He's going to want certain things. He's going to react certain ways. He's going to be under the scope and the limelight 24-7 because of the fact he's the best player in the world for many, many years. 
So if it is some form of plan to really get out of there, Messi could have more of a say for the club. I'm okay if that means he's going to stay. Like, I would love to see Messi still be in at Barcelona. I feel like that's a little bit of a reach if that was what Messi was really yeah, wanting to do. that sounds kind of conspiracy theory to me. Exactly. <laughs> the entire La Liga, they posted their own press release of the situation with Messi because Messi leaving to a separate league would destroy La Liga, right? They already lost Ronaldo. Messi's the biggest name they had already. Barcelona losing him would mean La Liga takes that loss as well. So they came to defense to say the only way he gets to leave is if the 700 million euro, which is $892 million release clause is met. And that's the only way he gets to leave. And La Liga came to Barcelona's defense in that way. It's not just Barcelona's loss. It's all of Spain that's going to be hurting after this one. Speaking of that release clause, Manchester City seems to be ready and prepped to offer that. $892 million for a five-year contract, three of which would be at Man City, and then two of them would be at their sister club in the MLS at NYCFC. My question is, is almost a billion dollars for one player worth three years at Man City and two in the MLS? No, but in the (laughs) business, no, right? Off the top of my head, I say no. But in the business standpoint, Messi brings you the name, the Adidas endorsement he has, the worldwide fans that follow him on Instagram, the fact that you go play at Leeds. They're going to sell out every game home and away. The name Messi brings endorsements, brings attention, brings eyes on the club in general, right? So I think in the long term, the return of the investment on a money standpoint will come to Man City. But for one player, that's still like a huge chunk of cash, like in one go. And the best way I guess I can put it that I can think of right now is LeBron James. He had a whole press conference in a stadium when he announced he was going to Miami. Like people tuned in on a live like news anchor, basically, (laughs) just for him to announce he was picking a new team. So imagine Messi, a world-renowned player, doing this. Like the name's going to follow... People are going to pay attention to everything he does from now on. He's under the scope. I think him slotted in with the team they already have with Kevin De Bruyne, Sergio Aguero, the defensive acquisitions they just recently made, they topple Liverpool if they have Messi. Andy Robertson and Virgil van Dijk are really praying that he does not come to the Premier League. Dude, I just can't imagine being a squad. You know, you just got promoted from the championship. (laughs) It's like, oh, crap. Okay, first home game, we're playing Man City. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Premier League. You have to defend Messi now. <laughs> I just kind of want the saga to end. You know what I mean? I don't like the whole, he might go here, he might go there. It's just kind of like, all right, let's get it over with. Let's see who he's going to play with. Now I want to see him play for this new club, if it's a new club, or if he stays at Barcelona. All right, now it's time for the hot takes. All right, so we got, so our first hot take We have the new NHL expansion team, the Seattle Krakens, will make it to next year's Stanley Cup and pull a Vegas Golden Knights. How how hot of a take is this, Adam? I'd say that's pretty scorching. The expansion draft hasn't even happened yet, so we have no idea what their team is even going to look like. For those that don't know what an expansion draft looks like when a new team enters the NHL. So basically, they get to draft one player from every single team across the league. Each team gets to protect certain players on their team. 
if an expansion team showed up and just stole all the superstars in the league, that'd be dumb. Teams that are currently in the league, they get to protect their players. Seattle will have 31 picks from each of the other teams. And then you get to protect seven forward, three defensemen, one goaltender, or nine players regardless of their position. And there's a lot of other semantics and details of clauses that they can't break. But essentially, they get to select 31 players, one from every team. If they select a player that the team really doesn't want to let go of, but they couldn't protect them, then they can try to make a trade in terms of, we'll send you a player and some draft picks if you don't select this guy. There's a lot to do as a GM in terms of an expansion franchise. I always find it so much fun. That's one of my favorite modes to play, the NHL video games, is I always create an expansion franchise because it's so fun to just basically reshuffle talent from across the league all onto one team. That's kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about the expansion draft. We do have an indication. Uh, there are plenty of mock drafts out there of what their team would look like. And based on the players that would most likely be available for the Seattle Kraken to steal in this expansion draft, I could see them being like a mid-tier team, you know, maybe scratching into the playoffs. I, I don't see them dominating as much as Vegas did as soon as they showed up. Vegas was able to steal a playoff contending goalie. They were able to get a solid first line and then be able to fill in role players through trades and through free agency. So Vegas was just very smart in their management when they first showed up on the scene and I feel like it would take a lot to repeat that, but I do think based on the players that are most likely going to be available to them, they could scratch their way into the playoff. Do I see them going to the Stanley Cup final? Probably not. When it is an expansion team, they usually don't get handed the best rosters just because that's just kind of how it is. So I would have to agree with you. I don't see this really happening. It's a, it's a pretty hot take. Lionel Messi is making a huge mistake forcing his way out of Barcelona for his legacy. Ooh, right now I want to say that's a good hot take because his legacy right now is so well known with just attached to Barcelona, right? That's where he's been his whole life, Barcelona and Argentina. Now it could be Barcelona, Man City, or Barcelona, PSG, Argentina. I think it'll really just come down to what he ends up doing if said trade happens, right? If he leaves Barcelona, if he leaves Barcelona and everything implodes, right? He goes to Man City and he kind of flops. People are like, was this good for him? And he ends up just kind of falling apart in English Premier League. Then I think it'll be a, a tarnish for his legacy as a player. Um, now, if he goes to Man City and keeps producing and wins trophies, wins the Premier League, takes Man City to a Champions League and wins the Champions League with them, will definitely cement his legacy of the greatest player to play this game all time. So I think it'll really just come down to what ends up happening after his move. So I think it'll be down the road where we'll really be able to make a, a more detailed and sure answer of what this will do to his legacy. I think he he's already proven himself at Barcelona. He's won them every trophy they could win. And I think his legacy is already cemented. He is one of Barcelona's best players of all time even a move to man city won't change that so i think he's already cemented his legacy especially in the barcelona books if anything if he has success elsewhere i think this just proves that he's one of the greatest i don't think this would damage his legacy at all if anything barcelona fans should just be thanking messi for his time saying thank you for everything you've done for this team for the city if he wants to go explore other pastures he should be allowed to in the Mavericks-Clippers matchup that recently concluded, hot take. Marcus Morris is a clean player. 
let me rephrase. Marcus Morris wants to be a clean player, but isn't. <laughs> I want to give him the benefit of the doubt about him stepping on Donich's, Donichich's, my goodness, that is tough. Yeah, that is tough. Uh, injured ankle. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that that might have been accidental. Hopefully, you know, I don't really know his intentions. But after that flagrant two where he just smacked Luca on top of his head twice, it was like a left left jab, right jab, basically, combo. <laughs> it's really tough to be able to say Marcus Morris is a clean player. I don't know if you're aware of this, Adam, but for a player to get a flagrant two, every official on the crew that is officiating that game, not just the lead official for the crew, they all have to agree that is a flagrant two. For Marcus Morris to get straight a flagrant two right out the gate like that, kind of goes to show that even every official on that court thought he was deserving of that, not just the head official. So Marcus Morris wants to be a clean player is what I'll say. I wouldn't even go that far, man. (laughs) Just based off his play style and his career, playing defense in the NBA is a physical game. If you want to play good defense in the NBA, playing physical is part of it. There's a line, though. Anytime that I see a potential injury could happen, and your action was preventable, that's dirty play. Marcus Morris is far from a clean player. Now it's time for our favorite headline. My favorite headline of the week, Bud Light is offering a free case of Bud Light if you draft Gardner Minshew, quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you number one overall in your fantasy, and you, apparently they'll send you a free case of Bud Light. Most of the time, if I do fantasy, I, I'm like in, what, maybe two or three leagues? Some with my friends, some one that's like a random league I join, and maybe like one for money with my friends. Why not just like get a free beer, bro? Like a, you got nothing else to lose. What if you end up? What if he ends up popping off? What if he just carries the Jacksonville Jaguars? Why not get a free case of beer? That's what I say. You have yeah. everything to gain. You can get another quarterback as a backup later on in the third, fourth, fifth round. You know, someone's gonna sl- slip through the wire. If anything, that's a solid challenge for any of you fantasy junkies out there. Can you win your league by selecting Gardner Minshew by using your number one pick to select him? I think that's a good challenge. And you get free beer. Listen, man, the only time I ever won a fantasy league, I'm going to be real too chief. I missed the draft and I had auto draft on. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite headline of the week. And this is this is not an official headline. It's okay. one that I came up with. Mm. Arsenal proving me wrong of them being a dumpster fire. They signed Leal defender Gabriel. And they defeated Liverpool in the Community Shield on penalties. So they won the Community Shield. Am I the dumpster fire with my opinions? Are they just a dumpster fire that works? I don't know, man. FA Cup champions as well. I'm tripping here. I don't know what to say. I mean, aside from where they finished in the Premier League, they didn't have the worst season in terms of hardware, especially. They've won two pieces of silverware in the past couple months. A dumpster fire team doesn't win trophies. Are you saying I'm the dumpster? My opinions are the dumpster fire right now. Arsenal definitely was, and if they made a couple more moves, they definitely would have been. I think now they're looking better. You know, they're not a dumpster fire. They're just like a, a trash fire, maybe like a waste bin fire. A waste bin. <laughs> smaller dump. It's not a full dumpster. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's a manageable fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if they're winning, if they've won more trophies than Tottenham has since 1995, you know, that speaks volumes to an extent. Maybe, maybe having all those players and all those purchases, there might be some. What is it? What's that phrase? Oh my goodness, I'm I'm blanking real hard on this phrase. There's a motive to the craziness. Wow. Method to the madness. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe they have a method to the madness, man. 
I think that's a little bit of a reach. If they <laughs> fix their midfield, they got a solid defender to play instead of David Luiz. Keep rebuilding. They could be on a good track. They could be. It's just, will they? I don't know. From FC Waste Bin Fire. That's all the time we have today, guys. Thank you so much for stopping by. Common Fan Commentary is available on Spotify, Podomatic, Google Play. Go check us out. If you have any ideas for any upcoming episodes, hit us up on our Instagram. Be sure to DM us. And we will catch you guys next time. See ya. See you guys.